I'm going to get your Bibles out. We'll go to, uh, uh, I, I'll tell you your text, re- re- your reference in a second. But this morning, I did say what we're going to speak on tonight. And then remember what I said this morning of what we would talk about tonight. No one remembers? Geysers, yes. We'll talk about this this morning. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if everyone has anyone's ever gone to see Old Faithful, the geyser in Yellowstone Park. Who's, who's, who's gone to see it? One, two, just two. I've never seen it. I've always wanted to go. It's on, definitely still on my bucket list. I still want to go one point when I have enough money, Lord willing. Uh, I, can, I can make it there. But... Uh, um, but definitely, that's something where I'm, I'm not... Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll get started there. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We talked about this morning about facing the new year with, uh, by drawing nigh to Him. Let's, uh, let's start. Use the year 2023 to draw closer to God as He draws closer to us, as, as is said in James um, this this morning, I did want to talk about this idea of faithfulness. First um, Corinthians chapter four, verse number two. Short verse, many of us know it by heart. Moreover, it is required in two words that a man be found faithful. I'm going to keep it a little short tonight because I know some people have, may have plans in the evening with the New Year's Eve being at all, or or I don't want to have you like have you guys out too late. Um, so get get home in time so you can beat all the crazies on the road this evening. Um, I know it's a busy, busy, especially with everything going on downtown, so I'm very, very conscious of that. And so, and also it's dark, so we got to be careful. So I keep it short tonight, but I'm talking about a little bit right now about Old Faithful. Yellowstone is the, fir- the world's first national park. It was established in 1872, and it is the home of the, more, the most famous crowd attraction known as Old Faithful. This geyser was discovered in 1870, and because one of, and, it, and it is one of the few predictable geysers in the world. Since 1870, Old Faithful got its name for its frequent and somewhat predictable eruptions. This geyser averages its height between 130 to 140 feet, and the eruptions last anywhere between one minute and one minute and a half to five minutes long. Intervals between eruptions can range between 60 to 110 minutes, but averages around 74 minutes between each eruption. It erupts roughly 20 times a day, shooting up to 3,700 to 8,400 gallons of water in a day. The temperature of the water is measured to be at 204 degrees, and the steam temperature measured above 3,350 degrees. This geyser can be predicted with a 90% confidence rate and has been predicted for about 200 years. And after all these years, I think it's safe to say that Old Faithful has definitely lived up to his expectations. But we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 2, that same expectation is expected of us by God. In fact... We see that God does not expect us to be perfect, because we're not. God does not expect us to be rich. Most of us are not. And God does not expect us to be popular. He does not expect us to have everything planned. Verse number two says, It's required that a man be found faithful. 
faithful. Let's go ahead and pray. We'll go ahead and get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful day you've given us. Lord, thank you for being faithful to us. Even though we were unfaithful, Lord, even though we, we, we sinned, you, you remain faithful to us. And all you expect for us is be faithful back to you. Help us, give us strength. Help us this evening as we glean from your word. Please help me. Give me the words to, uh, words to say and words not to say, Lord, and help me just to be uh, wise and discerning. Help those that are listening. Help them to listen with their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I looked up the word faithful, and the definition of Webster's Dictionary says steadfast. To be faithful means to be steadfast in affection or allegiance. To be firm in adherence to promises or in observance of duty. True to the facts, to a standard, or to original. So we can go two different routes. Faithful, number one, on one side could mean faithful to an idea, faithful to a person, to a belief, to an allegiance. Or faithful could mean sticking to the facts, sticking to the standard. And as Christians, we have a standard. That's the Bible. And one way for us to be faithful is to stick to the standard, the Bible. Another way we can say a Christian can be faithful is to be steadfast in our affection or allegiance. Who are, who are we friends, excuse me, who should we have the closest allegiance with? God, right? That's what he asks us to be, faithful. So tonight we will see three areas in the way we need to be faithful. Three areas we need to be faithful. Everyone have their Bibles ready. I have a lot of references to turn to. That way you all can stay awake with me. If I'm not allowed to sleep, then you all aren't allowed to sleep. All right. First, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 29. First of all, we need to be faithful to family. Faithful to family. It is, it is probably easy to say and, and, and it's right to say those of your family members, that's, that's, you can't choose family, right? You can choose your friends, but you can't choose family. Be faithful to them, but not only in blood-related, but also to the church family. Uh, a, a lots of times, and, and, and we see it all around, we see churches splitting up because so-and-so got mad at so-and-so, and the reason, and, and so-and-so is, is, is jealous of, excuse me, of so-and-so, and, 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 and squabbles about little things. And they fight back and forth, and then, and, then we, and then we wonder why people come to churches and don't want to come to church, because they just see a family squabbling. I don't know about you, but if I, if I walked into, not they, they don't, but if I walked to my, my, my wife's family's house, and, and, soon, and the first thing I was greeted with was squabbling, squabbling, I, I don't want to be in there. I, now I have no choice, because I'm kidding. Okay, they don't, they don't do that. But if that was the case, I, I don't want to be in there. Much less would someone want, want to walk into a, a church building and see, and see group A here and group B here, and they don't even talk. They don't want to see that. Faithful to our family, not only physically, but spiritually as well. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, number one, we need to be faith, faithful to our family with our words. With our words. In verse 29, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, communication usually is one of two things. Number one, it could be the words, how we communicate. Mouth, how, how words we say. Number two, it's also seen that we communicate when the Bible says 
for your communication. It means your way of life, your lifestyle. But obviously we see here, you communicate out of your mouth. And, uh, but we keep reading there. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that may minister grace unto the hearers. You can say, oh man, well I'm just telling the truth. And you may be right. But here it gives emphasis on the hearers. Give grace to the hearers. Well, you, what, what, what I might say may be true, but if it's not said in the right tone or in the right way, it does more harm than help. My mom always told me this. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. I'll, I'm, I'm a manager at Chick-fil-A, and that has come into play many times. Uh, I manage probably about 35 people on a daily basis when I'm there. I'm kind of over that, and, and e- each one is different. I, have to, I can't use the same tone for one that I can for another. I can't use the same words for one that I can for another. Uh, though for those who have kids, you can't use the same tone for one kid as you can another. Uh, um, I'm going to leave that example alone because I'll be exposing myself, so I'm going to leave that alone. But as parents, you would understand that we communicate with each other in the church. But when each other as family, be mindful of who's listening, who you're talking to. Uh, um, we talked about pride this morning. Pride, we, we, we start talking, we have pride in our hearts, then we just want to say what we want to say. And how don't, we don't really care what, how it affects them. Be graceful. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Not only through our words, we be faithful to family through our works. Let's turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, in verse number 10. As every man received the gift, even so minister the same to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Some people, God has given different gifts to. Some people are very good at hospitality. That's a gift. Some people are good at even just speaking. That's a gift. Uh, some people are good at encouraging. That's also a gift. Some people are, are good at serving. That's also a gift. And, and, and among many more. And the Bible says in verse number 10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards. Do something nice for, for someone. It, 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 it may cost you a little extra. It may cost you a little time. It may, it may even want, cost you a little humbleness to do something nice for someone. It's, you never know what people are going through. People are going... I, and and it's, not, it's not their duty to tell you everything that's going on in their life, but it's ours to treat them with respect. Because not only do we ours be faithful with them with our words and administering grace through our communication of our mouth, but also with what we do. When we, what, what we, when we do something, how we consider it, how it's going to affect someone else. Faithful in our words, faithful with our works. You don't have to turn here, but, in, in, but uh, number three, faithful in our ways. In Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 
10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So not only do we communicate with our words, communicate with our actions, but number three, we've got to communicate with our testimony. Because we can say what we want to say, but if we don't act it, they're not going to believe us. But if they watch us, but we don't have a good testimony, all that's out the window. All that's out the window. Faithful to your family. How do you speak to one another? How do you treat one another? How do they see your life? When they look at your life, are they seeing a man or woman or a woman walking in Christ? Or do they see they act one way in church and another way when they're not in church? Faithful. Faithful to your family. Number two, faithful to the church. And I say I know I know I just said about the church family, but I'm talking about the building in itself. I understand the church does not only mean a building, wherever the people, wherever the people of God meet, that can, as, as a congregated uh, uh, a people can be called also a church. But there is such thing as a church building. This is the building you're in. Faithful to the church. And uh, first of all, let's turn, turn with me to, to Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. First of all, we need to be faithful to our church, number one, with our presence. Be here. Be here when the doors are open. It, it, it's encouraging to the pastor that when the pastor sees the seats full, when he sees people coming back and coming every day, it encourages him. It really, really does. In Psalm 122, verse number 1, it says, I, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. David says, I was glad. I was happy. I couldn't wait to go. Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine. He says, well, do I have to go to church? No, no, you don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. Like, come on. It's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's exhilarating. You get to talk to people. You get to have just... Have, I was having lots of fun this, uh, the, just before service. Me and Miss Kathleen were poking at each other this morning. And it was, it's a lot of fun. And um, it's, I, I enjoy being in the house of God. I really do. Are you glad we can come to the house of God? Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Who ha- anyone could read it out loud for me. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Okay. It's getting close. The day that the Lord Jesus comes back is getting close. And the Bible says in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Don't do it as some have. In Hebrews, at that time, they had, I, I could say, if I was back with them, they probably had a bigger excuse not to be in church. 
than we do. Because they were persecuted, they were being killed off, they were, they were being, they just being driven all over the known world. Here, all, all we have to worry about is a few weird looks and a few evil words. That's all, that's all really what we have to, to worry about. But the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves. What for? For the encouragement of one another. You may come here and you may not get anything from the Bible, from the, from the message, and that's fine. As long as you come here and get encouraged by one another and you leave encouraged with our presence number two with our presence Stephen you just said that no what's a different word presence as in a gift presence in Leviticus turn with, turn, please turn to Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 With our presence. There is, I, I, I won't speak on this long because I know it can be a delicate subject, but the church in itself is a nonprofit organization. It doesn't get any money from anywhere. It, it is solely upheld by the members of the church. Uh, in, in Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. A tithe is a 10% of all your income. You say, well, why should I give my, my money to God's? Well, it says in Leviticus chapter 27, it's already his. It's already his. It, it, it's a 10%. You're giving back to him. And that, that's the bare minimum. Because the Bible does talk about tithes and offerings and missions giving by faith above your tithe and offerings because the church in Macedonia gave above that they were able Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 who has it go ahead first fruits of all thine increase you know when I, when I created, when I created a, a, my budget for the first time my parents helped me out. They said the first thing you put on your expenses, first thing you put is tithes. That should be at the very top of your list. And I'm not here trying to say the more you give, the more you get back. That's, that's prosperity preaching. That's prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is when you tithe, you please the Lord. It's, 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 you have favor with God. And, 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 and that's out of obedience. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says, Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God is not going to force you to give. He doesn't, wanna, well, he doesn't want you to, to give because, oh, I just have to. No. He says, Sorry. Not of necessity, not because you have to, because you want to. And and if 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 tonight if you're feeling well, I mean, I just I don't want to give anymore. Well, that that's, that seems to be a heart problem, because like we said in Leviticus, everything is his already, and he gives us money. Well, I worked my wage. 
well, who gave you the strength to work? Who gave you the health to work? And, and I, I can turn around and say, you know what, God, I gave my 42 hours this week. I gained every, I deserve every penny I worked for. I worked hard. I dealt with people. I, I, I suffered people, if you will. I, I earned this. This is mine. I earned it. But the Lord says, I gave you the health. I gave you the patience to deal with them. All I'm asking is a tithe back, 10% back. So we honor, we are faithful to the church with our presence, us being here with our presence, our giving. Because what, what do you think leaves the lights on and gives air conditioning? Our tithe. Our tithe pays for all of that. But number three, our preset. Our preset. And this is the part we're going to take tone. When you come in and you, you read from the Bible, but by, I think in Paul it says that there was a certain people that would, every time he preached or he said something, they would come back, they would go home, they would study. And they would see and, and check, with, check the Bible against Paul and see what he was saying was true. Not, not out of, oh, I don't think he's right, but out of, you know what, let me study this. And what you bring home Opening up your Bible only at church only gives you three hours, if that, in a whole week. That's 24 times 7. I'm not good at math. You can figure it out yourself. That's not a lot in comparison. When we come home, open up your Bible. Keep on reading. Keep on studying. Because there's a reason. In 1 Peter chapter 3. As you're getting there, for, I, I'm 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 put a scenario. If if I'll put myself in, in in the hot seat. I'm a training director at Chick Fil A. I've been there for seven years. I've been in leadership for six of those seven years. I guess I can say I know a little bit about the company. If I was had that that title of director and worked there for five plus years. And someone came up to me and asked, so who founded Chick-fil-A? And I didn't have an answer. What kind of a director am I? What kind of, someone says, well, where did it start? What's, what's Chick-fil-A all about? What food do they serve? And I don't know. That, that puts a bad picture on my title, doesn't it? Oh, well, you're a director, but you don't know all this? Well, we're a Christian, aren't we? We have that title. And if we don't say the word, when someone asks us, why do you believe in salvation? Why, why do you believe, well, what, what is Jesus to you? What, 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 what happened? What, what, why do you all celebrate Christmas? And we don't have an answer? Oh, that puts a, a blotch on that name, doesn't it? In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that ask, asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready to give an answer. That's why we read our Bibles. Not only does it serve as a, as a daily devotional where God can speak to our hearts and we can talk to God and have that one-on-one -on -one time, but also it prepares us prepares our hearts for when someone comes along, not out of spite, although that may be so, but even as a just curiosity. Hey, so what do you believe about this? I don't, 
I'm not one, I don't play video games online a lot, but I did one time, I had a couple friends I was playing online and, and we were talking through a microphone and, and he was a, a co-worker and we were just him and I just playing and, and he says, well, I grew up Catholic all my life. This is just over the microphone. I was, I was Catholic all my life and, and I just, I want to know what else is out there. I just grew, I don't, I, all I know is Catholic. Stephen, you're, you're a Baptist, right? I said, yeah. So what does that mean? What, what do Baptists do? What do they believe? In the middle of a video game, I was able to show and share the gospel to someone who asked, what does a Baptist believe? What if I didn't know what a Baptist believed? What if I never, went, what if I never read the Bible and said, okay, well, Baptist believes that Jesus came down and our salvation is through the blood of Christ, and that's it, no works. What if I didn't know that? I couldn't answer him. Are we ready always to give an answer? So we should be faithful, number one, to our church family. Number two, faithful to our church. Because a reminder, a reminder, when you step outside those doors, you have the label Central Baptist Church on you as well. When you go around and you say, hey, I'm from Central Baptist Church, the way they view you is how they'll view the church. But last, but definitely not least, is faithful to God. Faithful to God, number one, with our communication. Now, I've already said this once, but I'm using it in a different way. Communication meaning our lifestyle. In, in Philippians chapter 4, we're almost finished. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The way you live. Does the way you live mirror your relationship with God? We can put up an act for so long. As a Christian, sometimes when you come to church... Uh, three times a week, maybe four times, depending on the event. Sometimes it can, it can get easy to slip into a autopilot mode. I believe, I, I think I remember this being a story from my grandpa. My grandpa used to be a bush pilot in Africa. He, he would fly to different little towns in Africa and spread the gospel, help with clinics, uh, um, and, and, and spread the gospel to the surrounding tribes. And I think someone gave him a sticker on, on, for, for his plane. That said, God is my co-pilot. And he put it on there. He thought it was cute. Then as he looked a little while longer, he said, well, that's not exactly right. So he scratched off the co and just put, God is my pilot. If we're not careful, we'll take the reins of our own plane and we'll just cruise through the Christian life. But sooner or later, we're going to crash because God's not in control. And then people will be like, okay, well, I thought this person was a Christian. We can play Christian for so long, but if it's not real in our hearts, sooner or later it's going to come out. Sooner or later. So all, with our lifestyle, the way we live, the way we, the way we respond, is it marrying our relationship, a good relationship with God? Because the one way we can be faithful to Him is when we bring others and show them to Christ. Not only with our communication, with our conversation. 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. 
whether you eat or drink, and whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So now it's not only for whatever everyone else is seeing, but why are you living for Him? Why are you doing something good? It's good to come to church, but why are you doing it? Oh, because I feel like I'm judged if I don't. That shouldn't be the reason. I should be, I should be wanting to come to church to glorify Him. Why, why are you nice to so-and-so? Oh, so, 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 I can have a, so I can have a favor I can ask of them. No. I'm nice to so-and-so to glorify God. Why do I sing with the hymns? When I went over the hymns, why, why do I sing? Oh, because I want everyone to hear how beautiful a voice that I have. No, to glorify Him. Why do I, why do I obey God? Oh, because I want others to see me and see, so show you how spiritual I am. No, to glorify God. Everything we do, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And last thing, not, but not least, with our contriteness. Turn with me. It'll be the last place to go. Psalm 51 will finish here. As everyone knows, Psalm 51 is the psalm that David wrote after he sinned with Bathsheba and was confronted with that. Psalm chapter 51 and verse number 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. If you look at the verse before that, it says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. We're not faithful to God through our actions. Because David said, you don't delight in sacrifices, and that was an action. Or a burnt offering, that was an action. That's not what God wanted. Because God wants obedience rather than sacrifices, right? He didn't want sacrifice. He didn't want actions. He wanted a broken and contrite heart. David's heart was broken. Why? Because God's heart was broken. When God's happy, David was happy. He saw him dancing through the streets. He was happy. Does your heart break when God's heart breaks? Not only in like a personal, maybe you made a personal sin, but even something that happens, because it's easy for us to tune out things. Right? Something goes wrong. Well, it's okay. I mean, it's not that bad, but it's sin. And lots of times, Christians of today, they don't see sin the way God sees it. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I've been guilty of that too, where I see something and, oh, I think it's that big of a deal, but God's heart is broken. Uh, I, it's, it, 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 it breaks my heart sometimes at work when I talk about their experiences of when they're drunk or when or at these crazy parties and all this and that. And, and I, it breaks my heart. Something is that is that their idea of fun? Is that that's they're damaging their bodies? They're 
they're not in control themselves. And it's, that breaks my heart. Does your heart break when God's heart breaks? Are you faithful? Are you going to be faithful in the year of 2024? Faithfulness requires time. 200 years, in fact, for old, old faithful. 200 years. Now, I don't know about you. I don't think I'm going to live 200 years. It's been a long time since someone lived that long. We can't just be faithful in a day or two. It takes, it takes time. Like, if you're faithful in watering a plant from a seed, you're faithful in doing it time after time, at first, they may not look like much, but then you see a little sprout, right? A little leaf here, a little leaf there. And finally, after about six, six months, you finally have a full-grown, depending on the plant, full-grown fruit or vegetable plant or a flower. It takes time. We may decide right now, you know what, I'm going to be faithful. We go out there two days later, nothing's happening. I don't get it. Stay steadfast. That's the definition of faithful. Steadfast. Day after day, month after month, week after week, year after year. Stay faithful. Because God requires you to be faithful. Because one, one day when we get to heaven, when we see his face, I would like to be said of me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I want to start that now. I believe I may have a lot of years ahead of me, or I may not. Never know. I don't want to wait till my last year of my life to start being faithful to God and go up there and, say, and God say, well, you had 50 years that you, that, that you were saved and you did nothing for me. And the last year, you, you, I, don't, I don't want that. So will you be faithful this year, 2024? Because he's coming soon. It's, it, it, I know I say it a lot, and I, and I say it a whole lot more now than I did last year. It's, it's coming soon, and that, that's a, what a joyous occasion, I think. I'd be awesome. But at the same time, it makes the, the urgentness of spreading the gospel even more urgent, if you will. People need to be saved. We can't do it obviously ourselves. We can go out and share the gospel with the Holy Spirit that works in their hearts. But how are they supposed to hear it if we don't go? How are they supposed to hear it if we don't go? All faithful, 200 years faithful, 90% confidence rate. We, I know that we can have faithfulness in God because He has a 100% confidence rate. Will you not be faithful this year of 2024. Let's go ahead and have our eyes closed.